0: Are we on? <clears throat> May God's grace and God's peace be with you, brothers and sisters. We are continuing our study this morning in the book of Matthew. We're looking at chapter 10, verses 17 through 42, and I've entitled this message directly from the verses we're going to look at, Acknowledge Jesus or Deny Him. Last week, Josh started us off in studying a speech that the Lord Jesus was giving to his 12 apostles. He had brought them in, knowing that the only people that had been presenting his message were himself and John the Baptist, and he called in these 12 apostles, and he called them in. They had spent so much time with him. He had treated them like family. They'd been like his brothers, and he had brought them in before him. And he's getting ready to send them out as laborers in the harvest. That's the verses that were used and chosen last week. He told them to proclaim as they go out into the world, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, we're continuing that speech this morning. The Lord Jesus in the second half of chapter 10 still has these 12 apostles in front of him, and he's continuing his teaching. He is encouraging them this morning knowing There is punishment coming for them. There is pain, and there is even imminent death. He is calling them to labor for him no matter the cost. But he also offers an interesting choice, this concept of acknowledging him or denying him. I found this choice fascinating when we consider two of the people that he was speaking to on this day, one being Peter and the other being Judas. And we'll spend some more time on them this morning. I've broken these verses down into four different sections. Jesus, again, speaking to the 12 in the first section, says, You'll be delivered to death for my name. You'll find that in verses 17 through 25. Do not fear those who kill you, he says. And the second section. Whoever loses his life for my sake will have eternal life. He says that in the third section. And lastly, there is a reward for those who accept me as your Savior, is what he says. Well, before we start working through each one of these sections, I do want to pray because I do need the Lord to calm me down. So let's pray. Father, thank you for these very specific instructions, these very clear words that are spoken from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the result of these words that he gave to his 12 apostles. For the courage that it gave them to proclaim the kingdom of heaven was at hand. To allow them to spread the message of love and of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Father, we are all a result of that. For had these apostles not taken these words to heart and continued, we wouldn't be here today. Father, we know and we trust in your word we trust in the words that are presented here from the Lord Jesus, I just pray that you'd calm me down, allow me to present this message clearly and boldly as you've called me to do. I pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us here this morning, that all things that we would do here now would be glorifying to you and to your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Well, there are quite a few verses here this morning. so. For some portions, I'm going to be reading these verses, so I would ask on some of these, you have your Bibles open and track with me. Too many verses to run through in slides. I'm starting this morning in, again, we're Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 17, the Lord Jesus speaking to his apostles. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Let's stop and examine these verses here. The Lord Jesus, again, speaking to his 12 apostles, and he gives them a certainty. You will be delivered over to courts. You will be punished. You will be flogged. Flogging during that time meant whipping, beating with rods and with sticks. There was punishment and there was pain coming for these men in their journey. All because they followed Jesus Christ, as he said, for my sake. It is coming. It is certain. And the Lord doesn't hide it. He is honest with them on the beginning of their journey. He doesn't promise rainbows and lollipops. Instead, what he tells them is, this is what's coming for you. And he really drives this home in these next couple of verses. In Verses 21 and 22, he says, Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents, Have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. I don't think you can work around what he's trying to say here. It's pretty clear. Brother will deliver brother over to death. Family will turn on family, deliver them to death. Hated by all, as he says, for my name's sake. I want you to take a second I want you to take a look at someone who's sitting next to you who's in your family and if you're not with someone in your family right now think about someone in your family and think about this idea imagine that you would deliver them over to death imagine in turn that they would deliver you over to death that is what the name Jesus Christ does the name Jesus Christ will divide people. He will divide families. And I know as I look out in this audience and as I study these verses the last couple of months, I know there are people who have struggled with this. You've been rejected by family. You've been hated for who you believe. The pain of seeing relationships end, families. It's not an easy thing to see. And it is definitely not an easy thing to carry. But I want to share something with you that's really important. The Lord Jesus knows this suffering and this pain because he shared it with you. We have to remember that as the Lord Jesus was speaking these words and he was here, he had his 12 family members with them. These apostles that he had spent so much time with, loving, pouring his life into them teaching them, and yet one of them would betray him, Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. He would later deliver Jesus Christ over to death. Keep in mind, while Jesus was speaking these words, he knew this would happen. Imagine the pain that Jesus had to see in the eyes of Judas when he shared this with him. How much pain he probably felt in saying, brother will deliver brother over to death. And yet, there is one thing that I hope that you know and understand. If you've carried this, if you've had this, if you've had hatred or rejection from family, if you've lost friendships over your choice of Jesus Christ, he shares this with you. And he offers up wonderful words of motivation for you this morning. In verses 24 and 25, he tells the disciples and a message for us of encouragement that a disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. It is enough. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? It is enough. You've been hated. You've been rejected from your own family. You've been turned away. You've been despised. You've lost friendships. Because of following Christ, memorize these verses. It is enough. It is enough to be like him. It is enough to call him your savior because Jesus Christ is is enough in the second section Jesus is now going to move from the concept of telling them that death is coming and pain and punishment is coming and he's going to say don't fear that starting and I'll go back to reading in verse 26 so follow me in your scriptures if you can Matthew chapter 10 verse 26 so have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than the sparrows. Let's stop here. He just got through telling them that pain and punishment is coming, and he says, don't fear that. Don't fear the hatred by all. Don't fear the death. Don't fear the pain, the rejection. Don't fear any of that. But who should we fear? He very clearly says who should be feared the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell he's talking about a fear of god a fear of the wrath that comes from denying god and his son and he is very clearly saying this a destruction of both soul and body in hell and this is something that all people should fear then he presents them with a choice and again Let's analyze this choice for what it was. It was given to his apostles, but is it also presented to us this morning? So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. The one who acknowledges Jesus Christ as your Savior... He will acknowledge you before God in heaven. The one who publicly proclaims with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from your sins. And the wrath and the judgment you deserve will not be placed upon you for eternity. There will be no destruction of body and soul I got to tell you something, studying these verses for the last couple of months, this is some heavy stuff, and I know it, but I want to do this as best as I possibly can, and I want to say this, there is a choice that is presented here, and I think it's pretty clear, but make no mistake, there are only two options you get to make regarding this choice in your lifetime, now it's true, you don't need to make this choice today, but made no mistake about it, before your time on earth ends, you must decide. And refusing to make a choice is a denial. I found it very fascinating in studying these verses, and I appreciate Josh's reminder last week. We need to remember who he was speaking to here. I found this choice fascinating when I considered both Peter and Judas. Peter denied the Lord Jesus Christ before he went to the cross. He denied him three times. Judas denied and also betrayed Jesus and sent him to the cross. But God's word shows us both men had fear and trembling when they realized what their denial meant. But each man made a different choice after the denial. Let's start with Peter. Peter When confronted with his guilt, he made a choice when the Lord Jesus Christ asked him the question, Peter, do you love me? And Peter made a choice when the Lord Jesus presented him with the option, Peter, follow me. Peter, in recognizing his sin, when confronted with his denial, he repented, and he chose to follow Jesus. So even though he denied him three times, He still acknowledged him before it was too late. Well, let's look at Judas. After he delivered the Lord Jesus over to death, Judas also was confronted with his guilt. In Matthew 27, God's word says this. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned. By betraying innocent blood. Judas also was confronted with his own sin and his denial. He knew he messed up. But what was the choice he made in dealing with his sin? It wasn't to follow Jesus. It was to run into a field and to hang himself and commit suicide. And he died in his denial. Why do these stories matter? Well... I want to make very clear that the option to choose is here today for every single person no matter what you have done in your life even if you have never believed in God even if you have out loud publicly ever denied who he was God's grace and God's mercy extends to every single person here this morning and how do I know this how can I boldly proclaim this As an example of God's grace and God's mercy is right here at this podium presenting God's word I didn't grow up in the church I didn't grow up in this church I was a denier of God for a long time in my life in fact I still have a very clear memory of my second year in college drunk on alcohol and blaming God for every experience I had as a childhood denying him I was Judas i deserved his wrath and yet god's grace and god's mercy extended to me and he changed my heart and 20 years ago almost to the day the first sunday in 2002 i finally chose to acknowledge him as my savior chose to finally answer that call to follow him and i'm forever thankful for his grace and his mercy my hope is that these truths stir your heart if you have never made a choice to this point but if you're here today and you have accepted the gift of your savior jesus christ i want to ask you the same question that's on this board how are you acknowledging jesus in your life today there's one thing I know for certain about this church. You cannot be here and not hear the truth about Jesus Christ when you're here. You are presented with this truth in breaking of bread, communion, Sunday school classes, sermons, during the week, music. The truth is presented, and yet I ask a question. You hear it. You worship it. But what are you doing to acknowledge him every day in your life? That is a question that every person must ask of yourself, right now do you shine the light of Jesus Christ in your life do you speak about him do your actions reflect his love and his mercy and forgiveness we like the 12 apostles are laborers in the harvest and we have work to do I have a quote that I have placed up on my office wall that I look at or try to look at every morning when I get there it is a quote from our most recent Supreme Court Justice and she stated at a law school graduation the following statement your legal career is but a means to an end that end is building the kingdom of God if you can keep in mind that your fundamental purpose in life is not to be a lawyer but to know, to love and to serve God you'll truly be a different kind of lawyer This concept applies to all of us. It doesn't matter your profession, your career, your status in life. Our fundamental purpose, each one of us, is to know, to love, and to serve God. We all have the responsibility to acknowledge him in our lives and in serving him. In the third section, Jesus will bring back a concept he has touched on already, but he'll add a little bit more to it. He says in verses 34 through 36, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace to the earth, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies be those of his own household. In case anyone thought that Jesus Christ was the great uniter of all people, you better read that one again right because he's not because forgiveness from God is something that not all people will choose to receive Jesus Christ is a sword he says it very clearly and his message of truth and of love brings division I found it fascinating again that in 10 verses the Lord Jesus basically says the same thing twice a very similar concept what he said earlier, that there is division within families, enemies in your own household. Maybe they won't deliver you over to death, but maybe family will disown you, because the name of Jesus is the sword that divides people. But we have a choice to make. when this situation is part of our life, if we have to experience this, when the division comes, he gives the answer in the next verses. It's a hard teaching, but it's true. Verses 37 through 38. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Christ has called the apostles, apostles. Christ has called us to love him more than anything. The hate that you may experience from friends or family for your decision to follow Jesus, his point to you is this, this morning, you need to let it go. You need to let it go. This is still part of your life, and you're struggling with it, and you're challenged by it. You got to let it go have to understand it is God's plan that some will choose eternal life and others will not the one who loses their life will find it he says give up your life as you expect it to be taking up your cross what is he talking about in this context it means being willing to accept even the worst of possible responses from those that you love the most that's not an easy teaching In fact, none of these are. I understand. But I think God's word is pretty clear in what he is trying to say here. Because he promises something more important in these verses that we have to keep our mind on. The one that loses their life will find it. The one who makes the choice to love Jesus will find eternal life. Any person who makes that choice will be in the presence of the God of this universe for eternity. It cannot be any stated any clearer than one of my favorite sets of verses in Revelation 21. And speaking of this place, God's word says this. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. It is available for any person who chooses to hear and accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for you. In this fourth section, he's going to discuss the concept of the reward. Very lengthy section here, and wordy, but I'll try and work through it. He will by no means lose his reward. He uses the phrase reward here multiple times. It's important that you understand what the reward is. The reward is receiving him who sent Jesus. That's the reward. Who sent him? Well, God did that. Seeing that man was separated from God because of our sin, he sent his son to create the way, the only way. man to be brought back into that right relationship with him through the sacrifice of christ the reward is receiving the god of the universe and having a relationship with him that relationship we just heard about in revelation 21 well who gets it the one who receives the message the one who acknowledges the truth the one who says yes christ is my savior But he also points to a reward for those who provide the message, who deliver it, that there is an eternal reward. The idea, again, comes back to what do you choose? As I said, this first Sunday of the year is an important one for me. And it was 20 years ago, as I said, almost to the day in 2002 that I finally answered the call to follow him. I think the message has been fairly clearly presented this morning, or at least I pray that it has. God's word is clear on what he is saying. And the question becomes, with what's been presented to you, what do you choose? Acknowledge him or deny him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for how clear your word is on this topic. Thank you that the Lord Jesus was bold in what he said to the apostles. Thank you that this message is clear for us to see. I just pray, Lord, that you would touch every single person you want to touch with this message in the way that you want them touched. Lord, we recognize that you alone can change the heart of man. And we ask that they're here, if there are any who are struggling with this choice, that you would ask and encourage them to look to you for guidance. Lord, I pray that they would consider the options And that they would pray for your wisdom and your guidance in answering this question. And I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to those people. For those of us who have accepted this gift, Father, help us to recognize the challenge we have as we go out into this world, starting today. Acknowledge Jesus or deny him. Give us the boldness, Lord. Give us your guidance that we can acknowledge Jesus Christ in our daily lives. And Father... I pray that each person would consider the idea of praying for your guidance each day, seeking your help and showing us how we can acknowledge Christ in our lives in everything that we do. Lord, I know that is a prayer that you will answer, and I pray that you do. I pray for all who are here this morning. I just thank you, Father, for the the truth that is found in Scripture. We pray that all these things would be done to the glory of you and your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray.